emotions Our differences dance together creating symphonies of tapestries Beautiful color masterpieces In 1080p we all love high death You just like me So rather than pointing at the obvious Everybody, it's your boy KJ52 here. Welcome to the KJ52 podcast, episode number five. This episode is a very special tribute podcast to the homie DJ Official. Uh, today marks the one year anniversary of his passing, uh, but we are not going to mourn his death. We're going to celebrate his life. And uh, I'm going to be playing some music here. If that's what you actually got to check out right there, that is a very exclusive remix uh, featuring Lecrae of the track I did with him, uh, Fight Music and also featuring propaganda and um, before I dive right into the podcast and some stuff like that I wanted to uh, first let you know about two things one on a totally unrelated note I launched my Kickstarter today um, which is a crowdfund for the KJ52 documentary it is a story about my music my life how I came to Christ all that good stuff uh, actually features a little bit of a part about DJ official and the um, piece uh, tribute mural I did for him. Actually, that's the picture that's going up here with the podcast right here. Uh, but also, if you are interested in supporting the podcast or what I do, you can also check out Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash KJ52. And you can sign up for the merch club, sign up for the exclusive songs. And if you want this track that I just played, head over there. It is a free download. I'm also going to throw it up on my SoundCloud so uh, I guess for me, I guess we'll probably just give you a little bit of backstory. Um, I met DJ Official uh, officially, I think, no pun intended, <laughs> somewhere around 2000. Uh, I think it was right when I got my first record deal. He um, was Cross Movement's DJ, and uh, it was just randomly at a thing called GMA, which used to be this sort of music conference for pretty much everything in Christian music. and. I had known the Crossmoon guys. I was cool with them. Uh, I had done a song with Ambassador and Fanatic on uh, previous before I even actually had a record deal. And um, they were out there. Actually, everybody was kind of out there. I don't know how we ended up connecting, but for some reason I was just drawn to his spirit and his just, I hate to say nerdy, Christian rap, or I should say hip-hop nerdiness. I, was, I, I just kind of found myself sort of breaking off um, to go and get some food or something like that and I noticed he just started walking with me and I was kind of like you know don't you want to go hang with your crew you know what I mean because like you know dudes are all deep at, at these events and they tend to stick with their crew and he was just kind of like nah I'm gonna hang with you and I just thought that was <laughs> I just thought that was unique um, I, that we just from the jump uh, just connected on so many levels and it's kind of like when you're little kids and you meet that kid on the playground. You're like, oh, you like you like Pogs? You like Pokemon? I like Pokemon. Cool, you want to go play Pokemon? And then just immediately you just run off and just go do that. And it was kind of like that sort of connection. Like we both had a very dry sense of humor. Uh, we both were super just hip-hop nerds. You know, just when it came down to the science of hip-hop and like what sample went with what and this, that, and the third. And... He wasn't a really, uh, I guess to say, he wasn't really a super extroverted guy, but when you got around him, um, definitely on one-on-one, -on -one, 
there was just sort of a, just an opening up. So he was just tremendously talented. Now, the, this is where the whole irony was. The more we hung out at that GMA, um, this story came up. And I can't honestly for life remember how this came up. But about three years prior, uh, myself and Golden Child, when I was still in Sons of Intellect, uh, we were doing a lot of mainstream shows. And in one particular case, we were opening up for Outkast and Mob Deep, uh, Little Kim, and just a host of other mainstream artists out in the middle of nowhere in Florida. And I just happened to connect with this guy by the name of DJ uh, Cypher Sounds, who was at the time Little Kim's DJ. This guy also went on to become you know, part of the Juan Epstein podcast. He was on MTV. He was a huge part of Hot 97, just a big player in, in hip-hop period. But at the time, he was essentially just coming out as Funkmaster Flex's DJ. And... What was ironic about the whole thing was that he was like, hey, this is about to pop off right now. I just work at Fat Beats. Um, but he, again, sort of was like DJ Official. Like, he just wanted to hang out with us. And I thought, dude, you like you roll with Lil' Kim. Like, you roll with all these people. Why are you hanging out with these no-name white boy Christian rappers? <laughs> but that's what he was. And when I saw him again, like a month later, he just came over right away and started kicking it with us. It was really bizarre. Um, but I got his number and I began to kind of just stay connected with him and I began to send him some demos and this was the early stuff of the Sons of Intellect stuff. Inevitably in one phone call, uh, while we were talking about the music, he says, uh, you know, my faith came up and he was like, yeah, I got this guy I grew up with, you know, he's now, he won't produce for secular rappers, he'll only do Christian stuff, I think he's wasting his time, um, because he's super talented and uh, but he's born again he never told me who he was flash forward three years later when I get my record deal somehow another cypher sounds came up in the conversation and I put two and two together and realized that he was talking about DJ official and I thought how interesting was that that you know cypher sounds goes on to this huge major career DJ official goes on to be such an integral part of um, cross movement uh, and a bunch of other artists to be honest with you uh, and then of course, later on becomes Lecrae's DJ. So I'm going to pause right here. I'm going to play another track. This was uh, given to me by the homie Alex Medina. Uh, it was an exclusive track remix that he did. Uh, this is Leah Smith featuring Andy Mineo. Check it out. But you could that summertime feeling sunshine and the mood's good. I got a joy they couldn't take from it. Nah, it didn't come from the shorty of the money. Hold up. You probably think it's strange what I'm saying. How I go through dark nights to have joy in the AM. Well, I'm at peace with my maker. New mercy when I wake up. Leah, tell them how you feel. Thank you, baby. switch uh, to my phone I'm back up at the airport so made it a little easier to continue this podcast but anyway I uh, wanted to dive back on in about my man DJ official and I think one thing that really stuck out to me about him was if anything there was that I could define him as is that he was really a bridge builder um, just to be transparent with you you know a lot of my career 
there was always this kind of I always had this weird relationship with Christian hip hop and the artists in Christian hip hop. I always felt like there was respect. I always felt there was mutual friendship, but I always kind of felt like, in some degrees, I was sort of on the outside looking in. Um, and part of that was my own choosing because I kind of decided to not necessarily aim my music at the Christian hip hop market, but just really just going for the average person. That's what I always want to do. So whether or not that took me out of it, I don't know. But one thing Fish was really great at was sort of bridging the gap or bridging <clears throat> friendships between myself and those in the Christian hip hop industry. Um, case in point, uh, I always had sort of an, I don't want to say odd relationship with Lecrae, but they're just, while they're, again, while there seemed to be a degree of like mutual respect and admiration, you know, there'd never been a collaboration because he was always turning me down. And um, I think for him, as things sort of began to take off, uh, I remember one time Fish <clears throat> being the one to kind of tell him, like, look, dude, you need to go talk to KJ. And it just happened to be I was flying through Atlanta. I had a four-hour layover for no particular reason. He drove up to the airport. I left the terminal, walked out, and we kicked it for about three hours. And in a lot of ways, I think that sort of started the ball rolling to the song that we did, which is you know one of the remixes you just got to hear. And it's funny now to look back on that song, which is I think four years four years old now. Um, in light of everything going on with Charlottesville that just happened, and just you know racial tension and how as a body of believers how we're supposed to handle that, you know what I mean it just seems that much more poignant to put out a track like that. Uh, but I'm gonna pause this for one second. I'll be right back. Anyway, like I was saying, um, he was just really great at sort of bridging the gap between what was my world and what was the world that he lived in, and. Um, you know, even the track I did with Truth, who uh, I had asked him to be on it, and then he just disappeared for like, I felt like a year. <laughs> and he never followed through on the song, and I kind of gave up. And it was really, I think, Fish, the one who was like, put the, put, the, uh, put the heat on him to like follow through and make sure that track happened. So again, you know, I've always tried to collaborate and not ever act like you know I left Christian hip hop behind or I was a pop rapper or CCM rapper or whatever these dumb titles you want to label but um, I just remember very clearly you know being out on the road with him and him taking me on the road actually uh, in some cases but actually me taking him out to uh, to just rock as a DJ and we did a couple events we did some of the uh, business seminars you know five to ten thousand people did some conferences but the great thing about that was just being able to plunk down in a city for like a day or two with him and just to just to talk about music you know go sneaker shopping you know we were I think about the same age so our you know our references for hip-hop were about the same our tastes are everything and um, yeah I mean I, I, I miss the guy you know I, I, I was thinking about this, thinking about this the other day, with all this beef going on in Christian hip hop. You know, what would what would Fish want to do? Because he was friends with Shy and he was friends with Ruslan. Again, that's a good example. You know, he had had Ruslan on tracks and he had had <clears throat> Shylin on tracks. And even with all the beef going on, I see him as somebody that would have been able to to you know, blessed are the peacemakers to kind of build a bridge between them 
and the differences and not necessarily fix everything but just to, to work in different worlds and unfortunately that Christian hip-hop does have these sort of factions and divisions like anything else um, but anyway I'm going to go ahead and jump off here for a second I'm going to play this next track this is a joint this actually technically was the first song I ever did with Lecrae um, he sent me this beat which was a remix of a song that Lecrae and Flame did together and I dropped a verse on it and uh, this was one of the remixes from his first album Intermission I'm about to go off, spit dead truth to the roof and the flow off. You don't wanna blow off when I'm about to flow off. And it's the new me, the old me, I had to throw off. Show yeah. off. Get a click, still pin and flow. Let him hop, no Christ still in control. Ain't Bruce Lee, boy, but he got that glow. I'ma show enough show what did him so. I'ma use my dough, I'ma use my flow. I'ma serve my sis, I'ma love my bro. Every day's another mission, send me, I go. It's Show. So you got me, yeah, I'ma show off Shirt to shoes, everything for Jehovah Get no stone shirt with the eight-down hat Got my unashamed tats and my cross on back, yeah You a show off, yeah, you a show off You a show off, yeah, you a show off You a show off, yeah, you a show off You a show off, yeah, you a show off I'ma show off, so I'ma straight show off I'ma show off, so I'ma straight show off sort of wrap up this podcast um, and unfortunately to kind of end on the note where he passed um, I had seen him off and on out with Lecrae and kind of every time I saw him I could tell that you know his health was getting worse um, you know it was sort of beginning to age him you know physically um, and I remember kind of one of the last times again I didn't even think about this him bridging the gap. I ran into him randomly <clears throat> on my way to Denver with my man DJ Morph, and I'm like, why are you here? You happen to be on the plane flight. He's like, oh, I'm going to do a show in Denver with 
uh, Lecrae for one of his release parties. I said, dude, that's where we're going. I'm going there for the business event. He's like, yo, you should come through after you get done, come and hang. And Lecrae's career had really been taken off at that point. And like I said, I mean, our, me and his connection has always been sort of off and on in a lot of ways, uh, good, better, or worse. But we came through, and I think that was just a really cool moment to see him backstage and to see what God was doing in his life and to see what God was doing with his music. And the thing I really observed about Fish is that I could tell he was in just a bad spot. You know, the thin air of Denver combined with his physical health, you know, he could barely move in a lot of ways. And it was really hard for me to watch him like that. And, I, and if anything, I'll be honest with you, I got a little mad because I'm like, bro, I know you love this music. I know you love what this genre represents but you've really got to take care of your health you have to pull yourself off the road it's just not worth risking it I didn't say that to him but um, and the funny thing about Fish was that he he would always flake out when it came to beats <laughs> I would hit him up for tracks all the time he would never send me anything he would say he would he just never would I'd hit him up for remixes he'd never send me anything so I got to the point where I was just like, I wrote, I was like, dude, I'm just better off just being friends with you because you're driving me insane on the music side. But um, once he had sort of plunked down and was no longer traveling, and this is getting towards the end of, uh, before, right before he passed, I remember kind of hitting him up and I said, hey man, I've really struggled with this remix version of the song I did with Lecrae. I'm like, I'm not even happy with the version I did that I put on my record. I said, would you mind taking a shot at it? And again, I said this knowing that he was probably going to drive me insane again and never finish it. And kind of just out of nowhere, he sends it back to me. And musically, it was exactly what I wanted that track to sound like. And I was just like, dang, dude, you did it. Like, this sounds amazing. And that's the track I played for you guys at the front end of this. Um, again, thinking about the Charlottesville thing thinking about how the song that me and Lecrae did was literally talking about these two worlds that we lived in and how the common bond we had in Christ and how honestly if it wasn't for Fish in a lot of ways you know that collabo I don't know if it would have happened but then the fact that he could turn around and make the music sound exactly how I wanted it to um, I was just always really in awe of his not only his just his DJing abilities was super on point um, but his production abilities. He was so layered in his production. And this is the things that we would talk about. We would talk about the nerdiness of hip-hop production and whatever. And um, long story short, um, I still hold, I still have the text message he sent in my phone. And uh, in true fish fashion, we were joking about something. And I, sent, I think I sent him a picture of a dog. And he wrote Shaba, and I wrote Shaba Daba Doo, and I said, hey, dude, I'm, I'm praying for you. Hope you're going to be okay. And I remember the day he passed, I, I was actually at a show. It was a Sunday, and I was super tired, and I had taken a nap at the hotel. And I'll never forget this. I remember in the middle of my sleep, I, I had this dream that something was coming for me. And it was, it was like an oppressive force almost. And I woke up distressed, really distressed about it. And I rolled over and I checked my Twitter real quick and someone had just posted <clears throat> that he had passed and, um, and I lost it. And I, I didn't so much cry about the fact that he had passed, which obviously it affected me, but I was, it was more of a cry of, of frustration, like, God, why would you take 
this guy. There's so many, there's so much evil in the world. Why God? Now I had a sort of like a prayer cry out with God, like, why would you take him? This guy did nothing but try to dedicate his life to helping people, to be a bridge builder. Why would you take him? Take somebody out there. Take one of these neo-Nazis out here doing all this damage in Charlottesville. You know, why, why, why does evil allow to, to stay in this world? And it took me a little while to kind of wrestle with it. And when I heard about the funeral, I kind of decided I wasn't going to go because I honestly just didn't want to, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to deal with, you know, him passing like that. So for me growing up, art was very much therapy. And um, I thought, huh, there's no, there's, we don't do tribute murals in Christian hip-hop. I'm like, well, I don't understand why. You know, in mainstream hip-hop, you can go see a huge Biggie mural. You can go see a big big Punisher mural. You can go see a big, you know, there's tons of murals to dedicated to those that have passed. And why has that never happened in Christian hip-hop? And so I started kind of messing around a little bit, and I reached out to Tommy Colonin, who is the pastor in Tampa at a church called Crossover. And I said, hey, dude, I really would like to do this mural here. I was like, this would be the perfect spot because it's like the ground zero of all things Christian hip hop. We had all played at that church at one point or another. He had had his release party there. Um, Tommy was like, absolutely. And so I, I went up and I started painting it and I painted it actually in the middle of the night. It's a two hour drive for me. Um, it's kind of all alone. It took me a couple trips to get it done. It's probably the biggest piece I've ever done. And I never forget stepping back at one point and I walked away from the wall and I was all by myself. It was in the middle of the day and I just was blown away how how much it looked like him. And it wasn't how he looked when he passed. It was how I wanted to remember him. And I didn't even think about it, but I forgot that his family lived in Newport Ritchie, which is nearby. And he would always text me when he was in town, even though he wasn't really in town. He was three hours away, but he would be like, dude, there's nothing to do up here. <laughs> Come through. I'm like, bro, you're three hours away from me. But I thought, I didn't even think about this. To do a tribute mural means it's something that his family can come to, that they have a, a, a point, you know, of reference, of, of a memorial. And I thought, look at you, God, look at how you work things out. And I got to meet them later on, his extended family, his, his dad, his mom, uh, his brother, and we just had a good cry session. And, um, you know, it was just, uh, it was ironic. And, and the funny thing was, again, I'm going to end it with this, but things coming full circle is that I was actually able to reach out to Cypher Sounds 20 years later on Twitter and tell him, um, you know, hey, dude, you know, DJ officials getting ready to pass and you should probably reach out. And lo and behold, he talked about that somebody reaching out to him on Twitter on his Juan's Epstein podcast, which had been a podcast that I've been listening to for years and years. And I just thought, there's no coincidence in the kingdom of God. There's nothing that happens by chance. All things do work together for the good for those that are called by his purpose. And um, on, the, on the year anniversary of his passing, uh, I definitely miss him, but I celebrate his talent and I celebrate his ability and his selfless attitude. And uh, I hope you guys got a chance to uh, see a little bit of his heart and his talent and some of the songs I dropped here. So anyway, love y'all. Rest in peace. Bless the DJ. God bless.